0: That's part of it, yes. But, but again, it, okay. it, it, like, you have to take into consider like the, the height of the center of gravity is different between the two. The shape of the sacrum is different between the two. The, the inlet shape of the pelvis is different between the two. There's, there's a lot of factors that play into the why.
1: Uh, and second one, I want to know the reason why the wide have the oblique turn and the narrow have the flat turn. And I have an idea about this. I bring a uh, pelvis here. Maybe I need to focus. turn. Sorry, I need to turn off focus. the filter. Yeah, here. Wait
0: for a while. Look at you yeah. with the mic. There you go.
1: Sorry, you have some some problem with uh, the pubic symphysis here.
0: That's, no, so, hey, uh, my I, I broke mine on purpose. Okay. It's very useful okay it's very useful okay so that that is good you're not yeah yeah
1: okay so for the narrow does that because of the internal force was uh, was vortex to yeah, the I, left I and we need to uh, to just uh, stop them yeah. but we already have the closed or uh, compression on the uh, posterior lower so we need to just uh, compress here that makes a flat turn. But then right on the narrow.
0: It, it, it's a, so the axis of rotation is more vertical.
1: Mm-hmm. The,
0: the, the, so the helical axis,
1: mm-hmm.
0: helical axis is more vertical. Yeah.
1: So, so more like these. So they Correct. have the flat. So it's, closer, it's
0: closer to straight up and down, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. But for the narrow, because the, uh, sorry, for the wide, because they have the expansion on the posterior lower here. Uh-huh. So if we still have the internal force turned to the turn left, we need to close here first. Yeah. So we get the public turn. To the right.
0: And that it, that's part of it, yes. But but again, it, okay. it, it, like you have to take into consider like the, the height of the center of gravity is different between the two, the shape of the sacrum is different between the two, the the inlet shape of the pelvis is different between the two. There's there's a lot of factors that play into the why, but you have the general idea. Like, like you get it. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, thank you. Everybody fights the yeah. same gravitational battle, right? So they end up in the same place. But because of the physical structure, they have to get there in different ways.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so so everybody's going to eventually end up in the same place. But they get there in different ways.
2: All right. All right. So, that's kind
0: uh, of what i got it.
2: Yeah. I get, it. I get it. But uh, to, to make more clear distinction in my head between the wide and the narrow, uh, regarding the sequence of the strategy uh, we need to take to bring them back. I, 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 I've heard you talk about the, the wide to bring them back on the right first. Yes. Uh, I guess my question is like when they're on the end game of that strategy of them falling outside of the base of support, what's the difference between the two archetypes in regards of the sequence of how we handle it
0: and and why? Can you stand up?
2: Yeah, yeah, just give me ten seconds.
0: Like this is not rocket science.
2: All right, yeah, I was, I couldn't stand up here. Okay. I'm, I'm good now, okay. All
0: right. so, I'm
2: very wide, I don't know if
0: that helps you. But <laughs> you're doing fine. Like, All right, so, so, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you a narrow ISA right now, okay? Uh,
2: that would be great. <laughs> I'd love to do <laughs> that. I'm trying very hard.
0: <laughs> okay, so, so I want you to, so make your weight even on both feet. uh uh-huh. correct. Right. Even, even on your toes and your heels.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I want you to shift your, uh, shift your weight. Don't pick up your heels. Don't move your feet. I want you to shift mm-hmm. your weight to your left toes. To so my toes. Can hear you. The left left toes should be heavier than all the other points of contact now
2: okay uh, b- big toe sure all right got it yeah got it. Yes.
0: we're there okay now yeah from your big toe on the left i want you to shift your weight straight across to the big toe on the right all right Okay, that's an error. Yeah. Okay, you got it?
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Go back yeah, to the yeah, beginning. Yeah. Right. Hang on. Go back to the beginning. Make uh-huh. your feet even. Make your feet even. I'm there. I'm okay. there. Okay. I want you to make your right heel on the inside edge of your right heel. Make that the heaviest spot. All right. Okay. I want you to make your mm-hmm. left heel on the inside edge lighter. Correct.
2: Okay. Right.
0: So now you got a heavy right heel, correct?
2: Heavy right heel. yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now take your weight from your right heel, shift it to the right big toe. So All I right. got you to, I got you to your right big toe in two different ways. You understand? I can't hear you. Do you, do you understand what, what we just did?
2: Uh, my internet is probably having some trouble. I'm on my big right, big toe. right toe and right big toe. outside the hill. I didn't hear you. Sorry. Sorry. If you can repeat that last part.
0: You should be on your right big toe. Uh,
2: Correct? Right big toe. Yeah. yeah. Get it.
0: Okay. So in both cases we got you to your right big toe.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Okay, but well, we got there in different ways. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That that's the difference between the narrow and the wide ISA archetype. All because right. Uh, they shift their weight inside of their base of support differently because their structure is different.
2: The wide is biased towards the middle, yes. because, uh, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. All right, uh, so, so the narrow is more biased towards the late, when that happens, when uh, the center of gravity moves forward on both sides, they're right. going towards it's, more late, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, again, it's, it's their structural bias that determines where the center of gravity goes, and mm-hmm. then how it moves, and then, Everybody fights the yeah. same gravitational battle, right? So they end up in the same place, but because of the physical structure, they have to get there in different ways.
2: Yeah, right. Okay, okay so, so... So when you... Let me that's stop. a lot of clarity, yeah.
0: So when you're trying to reverse engineer the position, it behooves you to understand what their structural tendency would be, because then you can work... Backwards. Good morning. Happy Thursday. I have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect.
3: Jake, where are you? Morning. So, I got a question regarding differences in right and left hip shift and squats for wides and narrows. Okay. So, and obviously, I'm going to come with my understanding first, and you can tell me where I'm missing things. Um, okay. What if you're right? That's a possibility also, but we'll find out. <laughs> um, so, the, the wide squats down to the right is, you know, that's a fairly easy representation to see. You have the right oblique.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, you have a more
3: eccentric uh, right outlet. You squat into that space. Um, and so, you see a wide... He squats down to the left. What I've seen is that tends to be in the wides that I've seen more towards an end game wide, which my understanding would be that the anterior orientation on the right side has gotten much, much stronger than in the other representation or they're still on the oblique. Um, so that sort of, for lack of a better word, eliminates all the ER space to squat into relatively more on the left now. That's the direction they squat into. Now you can tell me where I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> okay. What I, I think your understanding of of where they are in process is correct. Yeah. Right. So so if, if I if I just had uh, like the really simple ones, you know, the the wide isas that have only made like first move. Yeah. So they're just on the oblique so you're absolutely right so you've got an eccentrically oriented posterior outlet they're just following the expansion right real simple okay now you move them forward right on the right side
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and so the space that they were squatting into is gone right all right so that doesn't exist anymore and then you have to consider the fact that as they move forward and they start to to reach the end of the base of support, they got to stay down inside their base of support. And so this is where you start to see the the compressive strategy show up on the left side, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's the the downward force that creates an IR compensatory strategy. And you'll see it show up, you'll see it show up, um, you'll see it in the rib cage, you'll see it in the pelvis, you'll see it in the foot, okay? and then and so so what you're seeing when you have what appears to be a deviation to the left right. okay um that's what you're going to see and so if that was your explanation then you are on point
3: that was kind of what i was saying but also not yeah really.
0: i think i think it was too i think it was too um yeah and, and again it's like this whole this whole right and left thingy is is relative to a perceived straight ahead well, right. it's
3: changed, the direction of forward changes. I'm just trying to figure. Thank out. you very
0: much. I, I I've heard somebody say that before. That forward does change direction. <laughs>
3: <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to figure. No, out but where. see,
0: th- see, that's that's the point. That's the point of all, of all that too. Is is the fact that it's like okay, what you perceive just because you're looking in a direction doesn't make that forward, right? right. Forward, forward is forward is where all of this stuff ends up orienting, and then you're going to have some confusion in that regard too, and therefore your imaginary sagittal plane. And all those other things just sort of disappear and they go, Yeah, that's a little too confusing for me because you don't have a point of reference anymore. Right. So right, left, I get it, but I think you understand.
3: Okay. And yeah. then uh, just going over a narrow. Uh-huh. I have a, I have a fake spine here. Um,
0: Sweet. Well, right. you know, that could be somebody's spine. Uh, well,
3: yeah, I've, I guess it could. I've be. seen be. them
0: like that. I've seen <laughs> them like that.
3: So you got the flat turn the is going to orient the bottom up into the lumbar spine at some point. So you're going to get
0: top, top down. Narrow. Oh, sorry, top, top down. down. Narrow's top down.
3: Top down. Yep. So you turn the bottom part relative to the, the top or sorry, eventually you get to the lumbar spine you get here with the I'm holding the top here. I see that. So you go here. And then you create a compensatory er in that left side because you've you've lost the left side er so as you squat down yeah kind of that if you can kind of see what i'm doing in the direction of forward shifts to the left and that's why they squat to the right i don't know Mm -hmm. if i'm demonstrating this the way i want to be but
0: (laughs) so hang on let me let's let's just talk let's just talk through it in sequence okay narrow isa okay the first deviation that you're going to see and in, in their squat behavior, is is their their pelvis will will appear to move to the left. Okay. Okay. Reason being, when you think about their first move, which is down and forward on the left. Okay. What direction would the sacrum be facing? Right. Okay. So that now becomes forward. Yep. Ah, there's the change in forward. Right. So they're squatting straight down, based on where their sacrum is. But if we stand straight behind them and we say, well, this is where your feet were oriented and this is where your eyeballs are going, but your sacrum is facing this way, you're going to squat in the, the direction that the sacrum, the, uh, that opposes the, the, the direction that the sacrum is facing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's your left.
3: Yeah, I yeah. see the left. The right's the one that's a little more. Hang on, boss. We're mm-hmm. going to get there. Sorry, I got ahead of myself.
0: It's all right. Now, take them further into their, their dilemma of managing gravity, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're going left to right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Same problem that the wide guy just had, but they started from a different place. So their strategy is going to be a little bit different. So when they get to the edge of their base of support, they're still up. Right. Center of gravity is still high Mm -hmm. as they go from left to right. So the center of gravity goes down into the left. And then as it goes to the right, now it starts to come down. They hit hit the the end of their base of support. They got to stay inside. So now they're going to pull down the right side. Now they have a similar dilemma that you saw with the wide ISA on the left side, but there's just going to show up on the right. Because again, they just started from a different place. So mm-hmm. they still have to pull themselves down into their base of support on the right side. This is where you're going to start to see the deviation that appears to be going to the right.
3: Because of the compensatory okay. IR, they need to get back inside the base.
0: thousand percent. Like, yeah. Because like, if, if, think about this. If they try to use an ER strategy on that right side, Okay. Mm -hmm. Number one, what you're going to see is one heck of a boat leg. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then you're going to see what, what people will describe it in the real world outside of this call. Okay. They're going to say, Oh, the right side bend." Mm -hmm. but we all know that there's no right side bend, Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the, that's their IR compensatory strategy on that side, but it's going to create the, the deviation of what appears to be a right shift okay i got you okay okay you see you see how it like like either archetype can appear to deviate in either direction but for different reasons so
3: those 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 side bends we see that are that are twists that's what's changing the direction of forward
0: to shift i got you thousand percent yeah right so in the cervical spine it's going to go c7 c6 c5 c4 C3, C2. So just one segment at a time, move them forward. Good morning. I have NeuroCoffee in hand and it is perfect.
4: Hi there. Um, So yeah, I I have a question that's a bit different. Um, I've listened to a lot of the podcasts. I don't get to join the calls all the time. But uh, one of the things I haven't heard too much about is flattening of the cervical spine. What's that? So I guess essentially the situation of like exactly like a, just a, a cervical spine that's really never, there's no degree of flexion or extension. It's essentially just, you're just vertical all the time and you're putting a lot of pressure through the, the stem and and these other neck uh, muscles. And I was just wondering when, that would come along uh, within the com- uh, compensatory strategies of a of a wide, you know what? At what point does that start to show up?
0: Um, okay, so as soon as the anti orientation begins, okay, you will sequentially lose relative motions, right? So in the cervical spine, it's going to go C7, C6, C5, C4, C3, C2. So just one segment at a time, move them forward. Right? Okay. You look at the x-rays, you've seen x-rays? Yep. Okay, so the traditional sagittal view x-ray of a flattened cervical spine, right? It's not this way, it goes that way on the on the on the pictures right yep so so again this is this is the segmental motion that goes forward okay you'll see the same thing in the lumbar spine so as soon as the center of gravity starts to move forward as soon as the anti-orientation starts that's happening so if you see it go all the way up in the cervical spine to c3 you got a full anti-orientation okay but it's going to go from the bottom you'll see it arise from the bottom up Great. And okay. then
4: to work to work backwards on that, you yeah. wouldn't really address the, the cervical spine directly necessarily. You would just work on the...
0: Okay. So when you think about reverse engineering it, and then you think about um, musculature that would become concentrically oriented under that circumstance, so what would pick up concentric orientation classically um, um you can see these people a mile away. Do you know what, what muscles you might have to help?
4: Um so glutes? think about huh? Say again. The glutes.
0: No, 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 no. Neck, Pushing, uh, cervical, cervical, uh cervical's, uh, uh cervical's fine. What picks up what picks up concept orientation? If I move, if I move each segment of the cervical spine anteriorly right to create the orientation there's something on the front side of the of the cervical spine that's going to pick up concentric orientation in the neck and the neck <clears throat> you ever have somebody with a um, thoracic outlet
4: also, it's a bit different. I haven't had any client with it now. It's actually, um, I'm working on this from an exploratory perspective. It's in myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you and Zach need to hang out together because you're, exactly. you're both incredibly selfish today on this call. No? Okay. So the scalings are going to pick up a lot of concentric orientation under that circumstance. Okay. Um and so there may be a need to apply some form of manual technique to reduce that concentric orientation. okay now it doesn't mean you have to but point being is you've got an anti-orientation and in in some cases you've got you've got folks that cannot make the the uh, they, they cannot reduce the concentric orientation themselves so they need a little bit of help so if we're talking about you okay you're going to have to you're going to so you've got an anti-orientation of the thorax that's going to to start to again everything's going forward segmentally your cervical spine is going forward and then there that's why you see the reduction like and they again, they'll just say that oh your 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 cervicals they're, they're gonna i'm gonna throw up in my mouth for a second they're gonna say that your lordosis is flattened right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then so there's a cool device Um, that I think they got from uh, um, like some sort of uh, torture device uh, where they will put a curve underneath your neck and then they pin your head back with this this strap and they try to force your cervical spine back into a lordosis. Mm -hmm. You might want to stay away from that. Makes a lot of sense what because w- what happens what happens here, Kevin is that is that the spine starts to behave as a single segment. so so as it anteriorly orients, it's also compressed. So again, scalenes are gonna you're, if you look at the the angle of pull, if you will, it's like it's pulling the spine forward and compressing it down. and so the cervical spine starts to move as a single segment, which is why which is why the reduction in the orientation becomes so important. Okay, okay. yeah. So you need you need to start thinking about um, like activities that start to create that space between your scaps. Okay, you know, we talk about like early propulsion and things like that. Mm -hmm. You're you're at a desk.
4: Right now, I am. Yes.
0: Okay, awesome. Put your elbows, put your elbows on the desk wider than your shoulders and your hands together, kind of like this. Okay. together on on the table, boss on the table.
4: Sorry, one sec. I need to put the phone down. There we go. Okay.
0: All right. Mm -hmm. That's early. Okay. Okay. So stuff like that's going to be in your little repertoire of activities.
4: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Don't try to force it. Kinder and gentler always wins under this circumstance. Because if you try to force it, what's going to happen is you're going to create stronger anterior orientation by trying to push too hard okay you understand
4: Mm -hmm. awesome and with the elbows on the table is there traction or is there just really resting position
0: so what you're trying to do is you're trying to stop the thorax from going forward okay Mm -hmm. okay so you're trying to slow the thorax from going down and forward you understand Mm -hmm. so Heavy on the elbow, pisiform on the table, okay? More weight towards your elbow. And there you go. You see it? It's like It just feels kind of natural to kind of slow down the, okay, here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. Um, Can you appreciate the fact that you have uh, traditionally pronated your forearm? Yes. Okay, can you appreciate the fact that the elbow is bent? Yes. So if you pronate your forearm, do you know what your humerus does?
4: goes in the opposite direction goes in the opposite direction
0: awesome so everything that's attached to your humerus just changed its orientation from concentric to eccentric orientation to a small degree which means that you have a reduction in the anterior orientation of the thorax congratulations okay you see it yes i see it thank you yeah yeah it's kind of like doing a heels elevated squat for the upper body get it yes
4: yeah i've spent a lot of time actually very close to this and i just wanted to Get exactly to the idea of where to focus first in terms of the reverse uh, engineering. Okay. So
0: Okay. So so don't but don't think about it in isolation, right? Okay. You got to get the rest of this stuff too. So you're gonna have a pelvic orientation to manage, you're gonna have a foot position to manage, the whole shebang, okay? Mm. Ready? Perfect. Yes. Okay, excellent.